Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The more the dad gets in the kitchen and hangs out, it's interesting how much more bonding you have with your kids. Hey everyone, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Each week, I bring you honest and hilarious conversations with men from all types of backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be better dads. Hey, attempters. Question. How does a class clown turned multi-level marketing failure go on to run his own business where he fills the bellies and changes the lives of dads around the world? Only Jason Glover from Dads That Cook can answer that one. But first, welcome to the show, Attempters. How you doing? Man, what an awesome start to season three we had last week. I've I've been really encouraged by how many dads have been listening and joining in on the conversation, commenting on Instagram, emailing me, Bradley at attemptingfatherhood.com, with stories of how much they appreciate the podcast and are sharing it. Just yesterday, I got a message on Instagram from Patrick Sheridan. He said, hey, Just listened to my first episode of the podcast the other day when mowing the lawn. By the way, this is just an aside. That's a great idea. Do it while you're mowing the lawn. And I'm hooked. I'd love to know if you have any merchandise, stickers, etc., and how much they are. I do have stickers, Patrick, and they are $0. That's right, the big F-R-E-E. And I got Patrick's address, and I'm going to send him some stickers. So if you're still looking for some swag, for some stickers, just DM me be following us at Attempting Fatherhood on Instagram and be like, yo, I want stickers. And I'm like, boom, coming your way. Also been having dads tag the show on Instagram with pics of where they're putting their stickers. And that feels pretty good too, seeing them on water bottles and kids' lunch boxes and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, We are creating a movement here and you guys are the only way that happens. So thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. Thanks for sharing the show. Thanks for following, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I don't know how things are in your house but I'm the home chef. I cook approximately six dinners a week. Five of those are great. (laughs) Just being real with you. Uh, I think tonight we're going to do dinner for breakfast, but that's not an out, by the way. Dinner for breakfast is like, it's a ritual. It's a real deal. Sometimes it's scones. Uh, Tonight, I think it's going to be chocolate chip pumpkin pancakes because hashtag fall, fall y'all. Anyway, so I do a lot of the cooking. I usually do the breakfast and all that kind of stuff as well. But I was thinking, listen, I do a lot of the cooking. I need to get some dad chefs on the show and talk to them. I need to find some dads who cook. And guess what? It turns out there is Dads That Cook. Yes, started by Jason Glover. Their whole kind of ethos is finding and inspiring dads to make crazy good food that brings family together. They've been around for about five years. Uh, They've got some hilarious and super informative and educational videos on YouTube that Jason hosts. There are more than 250 videos they've done so far. They have more than 500,000 followers, quite a few more than us. But you know what? We're just getting started here. They've been in it five years. So it is a video series. It's a website. It's a store. They actually just created these, these knives, which are amazing. They look like the ultimate end of the world either cut your steak or survive the apocalypse knives. They sent me a set and was like, whoa, these things are amazing. All in efforts of helping dads get into the kitchen and they give you advice, they give you recipes, tutorials. He's got you covered for all of that. And I love talking to him about this passion because I too 
and passionate about food. You know, he talks about how much inviting your kids into the kitchen can be a bonding experience and how he loves to love his kid. But he also talks about growing up in a family that never said, I love you, and how his dad was really more of a mechanic, but Jason never was able to really connect with him on that level. So we talk a little bit about that and how that informs his fathering. His dad's stats are this. He lives in California. He's been married for 21 years and has a son who is in college who's 19. So if you've got an older kid, this is right up your alley. Or if you've got younger kids, it's always nice to hear from those dads further down the line. And so we talked about how important food is in the life of a family. I know this firsthand. It can be a teaching tool, a bonding opportunity. You know, you got you to gotta improv. Like all of a sudden you're like, this needs sour cream. You're like, we don't have sour cream, okay? Hey, Google, what can I use as a substitute for sour cream? Turns out, by the way, Greek yogurt is a great substitute and more protein. So that's nice. Thank goodness for Google. All right. And make sure you're sticking around for the end when Jason brings his dad vice. It's great stuff. But hey, enough from me. It's not about me, right? It's time to find out how Jason Glover of Dads That Cook is attempting fatherhood. I'm a home chef myself. I've worked in restaurants as a server for many years. I love to cook. And I was like, I need somebody on here to talk about cooking. So when I, I looked up, I wonder if there's any dads who cook. And I found that there are dads that cook. And that's you and that's your project. And so I wanted to hear from you. So tell me a little bit about how that began. Um, and then we'll kind of get into your family history and all that kind of stuff. But I love to hear about the show. Okay. So I was the youngest out of everybody in my family. And so, you know, I needed as much attention as I possibly could get. And school just wasn't, wasn't me. It just wasn't happening. And so I was the class clown. You look in the yearbook, there I am. That's you. Went into acting, did my stand up comedy, did improv, did all that stuff. Went to LA, went broke, moved back home, all that kind of stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's what you got to do, right? How long were you in LA? Uh, Maybe a year. Okay. Okay. Maybe a year. Um, I went down there, had a manager, started doing some stuff. And then I got sidetracked thinking I was going to get rich doing a multi-level marketing deal. No, you didn't. Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's a Lulu Row documentary out right now. My wife and I started it. Uh, It's it's in that same like, is it a pyramid? Is it an MLM like kind of world? But anyway, that's so funny. You got hooked into that. I got caught. I got caught up in the cult, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this will free up all my time. I'll be able to go on calls. I'll be able to do my acting, oh my and gosh. I'll sell these water filters. Water filters. That was it. It was yeah, and some other. Only crap, in California know? could a multi-level yeah. marketing company exist just on water filtration. I know that's amazing. Most other places would just be like, no, or I don't even care. No. Yeah, Your tap water is killing kill you. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I like lead in my water. It's fine. Yeah, I'm fine with it's that. Good. Moved to back home, all that good stuff. Ended up getting like a real job at some point and doing high tech. Um, but in the when I was little, I spent a lot of time with my mom, my grandma, hung out in the kitchen. I was learning how to cook. I watched a lot of television shows, PBS yeah. when I was a kid, nice. Yan Can Cook, wow. um, Julia Child. And oh, yeah. Hang OG. Out and watch all these. Wow, it's great. Good stuff. So I always love to cook, love to hang out. And then uh, I met my wife and we had a kid. We have a kid now. He's 19. He's Wait, in why was that in now. quotes? You just put your, we had a kid in quotes. Did, did you not have a kid? Was this like a Petri no. kind of thing? What, what, it was, that was just part of it. Oh, okay. He has horns. Oh, no, he's great. great. That's sweet. <laughs> sweet horns. Oh. And he's amazing. Love him. Absolutely. Just like 
you know, we're all biased about our kids, but uh, he's he's a rock star. He's just awesome. He's I watched awesome the kid, video so. recently uh, where you went and cooked in his dorm. He's now yeah. in college, right? Yes. So we'll right, get to that exactly. in a minute, but he, he does seem like a cool kid. I can vouch for him based on that Thanks. video alone. So there you go. Th- Audience. Thanks, Billy. I, I really, I really appreciate the vouching. Lying. I got you. No. Um, I got laid off a few times. The 9-11 happened. I got laid off on that as well. My wife, who is the rock star of rock star, you know, smart, executive type person, I ended up spending a lot of time at home trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do next. And so I was the one cooking and making all the food and supplying the family with the nutrition. And I just spent a lot more time doing that. And then I started talking to other dads and other dudes like, hey, what do you make it? Hey, what do you make it? Oh, that sounds cool. You know what? We should get together. Let me get a couple of my guys that I work with with video production, and we'll just try something and see how it works. And so, hence, here we are a few years later, you know, half a million something people following us and, yeah. uh, you know, making it happen. So, so dads that cook, you know, what, what really struck me about it was um, the approachability to it, the accessibility of it. That's not to say that you're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's to say sure. that your personality, as well as how you lead people through it, is very easy and very repeatable. So I, I really appreciated that. I watched some of the episodes, um, and I think that's that's something as a, as a home cook myself, uh, something that I totally appreciate. So thank you from other fathers. Tell me a little bit about your dad stats. Uh, we've been married. It'll be uh, 21 years coming up here in October. We have one kid. He is 19 years old, be 20 in February. He's a sophomore in college now. He's a musician. He's awesome. He's been playing violin since he was two. Something he wanted to do. It's a great story too, by the way. I got to tell you the story. Yeah, tell me the story. So he's two and we're going to go see Santa Claus, right? And we're down at Macy's down in San Francisco hanging out. And we get up there, he's going to go sit on his lap, and he's all happy and excited. And we're like, oh, look at him, so cute. He's two, right? You know? And then Santa comes up and goes, hey, I don't know, what's up your kid? You know, your kid wants a violin. We're like, what are you talking about? What two-year-old asks Santa? There's ponies, that's an awesome one. Video right. games, maybe. You're two. I don't know. What are you looking for? Well, he got a violin and uh, started playing and started taking lessons, and he's just been going crazy ever since. So Amazing. Yeah. So he's, he's a rock star. I love him. When you got married, was there a thought of like big family, small family? Let's just see what happens. Family. What was the thought there? Um, no, we, uh, we actually started a little bit later. So we knew that we were only going to have one. And, um, and when we had the one, we were like, Oh, that's perfect. We're done. How many, you came from what, how big a family? Well, if you count all my cousins and aunts and uncles, we all lived around each other. Okay. My, I had seven aunts and uncles and they all had kids and we wow. all lived within a couple miles of each other. And I was the Petri dish for all of them. You know, <laughs> I mean, I did everything you could possibly think of as a young child. Hey, Jason will do it. He'll get in the dryer. <laughs> and tumble around a little bit. Hey, let's stuff them inside the sofa and then sit on them. Amazing. Now, did <laughs> you have it. siblings who would stop that or were they the ones encouraging No, that? they were the ones. They were the ones. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a constant uh, battle for everything. Like I said, for attention. By the time they got to me being the fourth kid, they gave up. My parents gave up. They were like, yeah, eh, yep. eh, whatever. These, these three didn't die, so... 
Right, Whatever. exactly. That was that was how my brother, I'm one of three. Um, there's six years between myself and my brother, a sister in the middle. And by the time he was kind of around the same age that I would have been when I was getting in trouble and my parents were like, oh, don't do that. He's like, you know, on a motorcycle driving as fast as he can by himself and just like whatever. And I came home, I was in LA, I came back for Christmas one year and my parents were like, hey, make sure you're in by 10 o'clock. You know, there's a lot of like drunk drivers out there. I was 28 and I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, hey, where's Chandler? And they were like, no, we don't know. I was like, wait, you don't no. know. They're like, yeah, he left on the motorcycle a while ago. I have to be in, but my eight years younger than me. I've been living on my own in Los Angeles. But that's just like always the relationship I'll have, I think, with my parents is like, I'm the oldest. That's just how they built that. And then Chandler's like, oh, he'll just show up whenever. That's right. So I love that you you kind of grew up cooking in the kitchen. Was that something like, I want to be around... My mom, was it like a, I just happened to be good at this thing? Was it like, I love these people? Where, where did that come from and why stay there? You know, like once you found it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 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 I love my mom and I love my grandmother. My mom was a huge influence on me. Um, and she didn't, she wasn't like some, she wasn't a Julia Child type chef or cook or anything, but she made these great comforting meals that were so tasty. And we literally would sit on the couch for hours watching shows on PBS and just one after the after the other after the other and then I would hang out with her in the kitchen and I'd see okay well how are you doing that what are you doing the uh the first time I actually have ever tried making anything I was about 7 I think okay and it's the tuna casserole I call it something else but I'm going to be politically correct okay okay fair enough but tuna casserole and she would usually call us from work. She'd be working and she'd call us at around 4.30 or 5 and say, okay, get dinner on. Get it started. We always had that shift of get the dinner started. Okay. So that way it'll be ready when she gets home from work. So the tuna casserole, I'm like, I've seen her make it. I know I can do it. Totally screwed it up. Well, you I were seven. Wait, making cereal at seven, you could have been okay <sighs> screwing that up. Come on. Nobody told me I had to cook the noodles. Come on. So I put everything in the bowl. I'm like, this doesn't look right. So I got really, really depressed. I was like, oh, and I wrote, a, I wrote a note and I'm running away. I hid on the other side of the fence. It was great. What was your mom or your dad's response to that moment? Because that's, that's a pretty clear moment in a seven-year-old's life. Like, I failed. You must not want me now because this hasn't been a thing, whether that was internal or external or both, whatever. But what was their kind of response to it? Man, I'd like to go deep on that, but uh, I was just I curious. I don't, like, do you... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. I, well, they were great. I, I was just going to go like sideways, but I don't want to screw up your show. You know no, 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 dude. That's that's <laughs> great. This is this is a chat. You know, talking talking about dad life, and dad life comes from something else, right? Like we we weren't born in a bubble. We were raised a certain way, yeah. and then we we're raising our right. kids. And so I was just curious right. because I remember food was very important in my family from a similar standpoint. Um, and I, but there wasn't a sense of um, like the, the dinner was always vastly important. Like six o'clock at the table, yep. everyone there, dad had to be home yep. from work. You know, my mom didn't work, but, but she, he was on her, uh, you know, that to, to get the whole dinner ready. And mm-hmm. every now and then one of us would take part, but it was mostly her. Um, and it was mm-hmm. kind of her, you know, 
uh, a, a bit of like a, a pride element. Like here it is on the table. Look at this. I got all this kind of stuff. So just curious, like what, what that was for you of like, you must've really felt like that was a huge deal for you to then be like, I'm going to write a note. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you so much for the past seven years. You've been very gracious. I'm on to the next family. Yeah. I'm out of here Yeah, because I'm obviously a loser. I mean, clearly I can't make the most easy dish tuna casserole and you can't do it right. That sense of perfection is like, whoa. I don't know what I was thinking. It was crazy. It was one of those, you know, I don't know. I just felt bad. I felt what I felt was that I wasted money. Like I wasted the money on the food. Totally. Like it wasn't the fact that I screwed up the dish and oh man, I, you know, whatever. It was more about the waste yes. of, oh my God, all these ingredients. You know, they're out working. I, I mean, I, I have no concept of money, really, but I just know that that's a waste. Yeah, you know your parents are working hard. They're, they're not there for a reason. They're working, yeah. Right, exactly. So, you know, I mean, maybe I was trying to get a little sympathy so I wouldn't get yelled at or something, but I, <laughs> they never yelled at me, and they were really awesome, and they were sweet, and they're like, oh, you tried. This is awesome. This is great. So they were very supportive. Yeah. You know? Did your brothers give you crap for it? Like, you ruined it. You're awful. You know, my brother, one of my brothers probably would have. My, yeah. My brother, yeah, Robert probably would have. Uh, <laughs> he probably gave me some shit, I'm sure. That's Robert, man. That's Robert for you. So, funny. but like you, you know, I grew up the same kind of way where we all sat down at the table, right? And we, uh, and that's kind of what Dad's That Cook kind of came through too, was let's bring everybody back to the table. Let's, you know, make crazy good food that brings family together. And that was kind of missing for a while. It's like, okay, we're, you know, people are grabbing their food. The kids are going in their room, you know, and everyone's eating separately. That's not how you and I kind of grew up. We grew up sitting at the table arguing right, or right. laughing or telling the stories. Usually all of that. that day. Yep. All of it. Right. And it, and that was a, a pivotal, pivotal thing for, I think at me as a kid growing mm-hmm. up, just having that bonding time, you know, you have that bonding time, you're hanging out with your family and you're eating good food. Um, so I want that. I wanted that same kind of vibe going forward with the people that I'm meeting with, the dads that I'm cooking with, you know, what's their family life like? And it all revolves around this food. And the more the dad gets in the kitchen and hangs out, it's interesting how much more bonding you have with your kids. You know, you're not just the dude you know, working in on the truck and like my dad, my dad was a mechanic and did all that stuff. He was great. He couldn't cook or shit. He couldn't cook at all, but, but I loved him. And he, he had one thing he did, but the bonding of the food, which is Mm. what everybody needs to know how to make anyway. Yo, you, yes, you dad. It's time to start caring a little bit more about yourself You're doing a great job keeping those little humans alive, but if your personal hygiene game is slipping, it's okay. The folks at Bird Hair are stepping up to help out. They're offering 15% off all of their products to Attempting Fatherhood listeners using the code BIRDAF. That's B-Y-R-D-A-F. So go ahead, grab some body wash, hair product, or shampoo. It's made in California using super clean and natural ingredients and every purchase directly supports attempting fatherhood. So, it's a win-win. Okay, back to the show. I love that. And and what's been your experience, uh, you know, just kind of as you've spoken with dads and I guess what's been their experience if they've either kind of gotten off the couch 
and attempted this themselves? Or if there's someone like you who it's already built into their lifestyle? I think there's a combination. There's the combination of these, these dads, you know, a lot of them like to be out in the grill or, you know, cooking like that. And we all have our moments. Maybe they do one meal or two meals a, a week or, and part of being out in the grill or cooking is, you know, you get to have a something to drink, you get to relax, you're in your zone, you're doing your thing. But I think there's a combination of guys that really like to cook, like that are somewhat advanced, that really spend a lot of time, that want to share their knowledge. Mm. Um, and then there's there's other dads that I've got, definitely, that are very simple with what they make. And that's cool. They're doing something and they're learning how to increase their knowledge. And it's it's a great platform for all of the above. You know, you want to show off some incredible skills? Great. Let's do that. And let's inspire these other dads how to do that. Yeah. You know, and that's, so there's a combination. I think there's a combination between great cooks and those who are learning as we go. Do you have any stories that come to mind of your son in the kitchen? Yeah, for sure. I mean, his, his favorite dish today um, cause I've been making it and this is a dish that I learned from my mom, which is, a, I don't know if you're familiar with Petroli sole, but it's a, it's a white fish, very small bottom feeder kind of fish, you know, but it's very light, very, uh, it's simple and you bread it and you dread like it. Like a tilapia it, you, kind of? Sort of. It's okay. better than that. You know? Okay. So, but it is, it's like that. And you bread it and you fry it and you make some rice and a vegetable. And that's his favorite thing in the whole world. I'd pick him up from school. And I think this goes back to the bonding part, right? It's sitting down at the table, but I would pick him up from school and I'd bring him home and he'd do his homework right there in the kitchen and I'd be cooking and getting stuff going. So he was always around seeing me cooking and having a conversation, talking about food, talking about what he's doing during the day. So a food element was always there. And it's just, uh, I think it's, I don't know, it, it brought a lot of love in between us. And, and I know that that's, it's just a way that bonding is amazing. I love that. And you, you kind of pointed out the mechanic thing before. I think, you know, I can only speak for myself, but for me to connect with someone, it's usually over a doing, you know, it's, it's a, it's with my daughter when she was really young put her in a backpack, this like Osprey pack, and we'd go hiking. Uh-huh. I was literally yeah. just dragging her essentially in a backpack, but we were doing a thing together. And that's evolved into her being able to participate into actually doing something with me, whether it's cleaning the car together, building Legos, this type of concept of working together. So was that something you had with your dad? You mentioned he was a mechanic. Did you guys work on cars or that was kind of his kind of area? It was more his area. I tried. Okay. I mean, I took auto mechanic in high school and I had to rip apart the lawnmower, oh. which was easy to r- r- rip apart a little lawnmower. I took I see it where apart. this is going. No problem. Oh no. No problem. Putting it back together. Not so good. Big problem. I failed that class. Oh. I took electronics. I took electronics. So my dad was in electronics. He was, he, he worked on the, he was a lead mechanic for an airline and he worked on all the instruments in the cockpit. Whoa, cool. Um, so he would come home and he'd solder on stuff, you know, and he had his little workbench downstairs and I'd come and bug him and learn how to solder. And I learned how to solder, but my next problem was I was colorblind. So I couldn't see the colors <laughs> on the 
diodes and the, and the, I had no idea. Uh, so I gave up on being technical guy. Um, I'm definitely very handy and I've yeah. learned a lot of handy things. I can fix stuff around the house if I have to, but no, nah, that wasn't my gig at all. One of the questions I like to ask my dads is how they define fatherhood. You know, uh, the biggest part for fatherhood for me is love. It's, it's straight up love. It's giving as much love as you can. It's constant, uh, appreciation for your child it's giving them good feedback all the time Ooh, i like it's, that it's positivity you know we want him to fail like any other kid right yeah. we all had our failures oh yeah let the kid go do that he's gonna screw up and then we'll, we'll talk to him later yeah which Lesson is what you need to do yeah exactly but you know we have knowledge that we've grown up with that we can guide our kid mm. And make sure that they don't go through those pitfalls, at least have those conversations rather than, hey, you're an experiment. Good luck. Go and figure it out. <laughs> right, right. You know, why not share that information? If they listen to it, great. They don't. That's up to them. That's but, on them. Yeah, you know. I agree. I agree. Is it more complicated when, you, when your kid was young? And then finally, as you've had enough experience, you kind of look back like, you know what? It's just all love. You know, has that evolved yeah. or that's kind of how it started? It's always been that way, I think. Uh, I mean. I think it's because my parents loved me so much. You know, they never said they loved me. They weren't the affectionate type right. parents, you know, even though I climbed all over them all the time. And, and um, they never, they would never say, I think, and I don't know why, my mom always had this thing, like every, everything I love always like, you know, falls apart. Wow, or something like that's that. interesting. So maybe that's why she would never say it. Yeah. And my dad wouldn't say it until much later, until much later in life, huh. they finally came around to it. But, but they showed their love. Yeah. You, know? you can count on them. They were, they were very supportive in everything I did, even if I was crazy. They still supported me. Mm. And they were just the most positive, happy people. And I think that came on to me to where you know it's like i just want my kid i want him to be feeling the same kind of love and support i like that it, it also sounds like i've had a couple dads on here who i've spoken with who've said um you know their their dadding as it were came out of i didn't have this thing and i really wanted that or mm -hmm. it came out of you know i had a you know one dad who he grew up without a dad, but there was kind of a mentor down the street. And this guy was like, took him under his wing and showed him all these things. So he's like, I want that to be a part, which is one of the reasons I asked my dads, like, what from your own childhood, what from your father did you just love? And you're like, yes, that element, yeah. that showing up, you know, that whatever yeah. those elements were. And then what is that, that you love and you're, you were actively using and what's something you're actively leaving out? Because there's always something, whether it's culturally related yeah or personality related. So curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. And that brings up a great point is, you know, my dad, again, both parents working very hard, both working full-time jobs. My dad, um, who, you know, as a young child, I made fun of constantly, even in my stand-up routines, he was one of my biggest points of making fun of. Right. But he was always there, mm. always there. He brought me, I mean, I played a lot of sports growing up and he was at every game. 
my mom went to every game. They both, they were like, went to all my games, whether it was soccer or baseball, or I went bowling or yeah. played tennis or whatever I was doing, they were there supporting me. And so I think with my dad, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't become a mechanic, you know, and I didn't learn how to do any electrical stuff. I wasn't, I didn't do that, but I learned from him that his support was far superior than anything because he was always there. He was one, like one of the assistant coaches, you know, he always wanted to be involved. Yeah. Especially now as a dad understanding, like you just said, like you don't know how they did it. I mean, the complications of life to have two yeah. full-time employed people show up and then your dad on top of that, you know, to say, well, he's not into what I'm into, but I'm into him. So who cares? Yeah. I'm going to be involved right. with this. That's huge. I mean, I did start playing golf when I was younger. And so we got the bond on that. He would take me to his, his tournaments and I'd play in the tournaments as a little young kid, you know, and, um, you know, it was just, there was a lot of great things about my dad that, um, I think, you know, we all, we all have this and I think, I don't know about you, but I know with me or like anybody like, Oh, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to, I don't want to be like him growing up because he's, you know, can't hear he's goofy. He's, you know, little, squirrely or whatever and then later on you get into like i'm in my 50s now it's like oh crap oh i'm starting to feel like my dad (laughs) i think he was actually doing a pretty good job yeah i was like trying to get away from that now it's like my mannerisms and you know my little things there's like oh man okay i I guess some of that rubbed off yeah yeah it's, it's all good yeah it's all good was there anything that when you got married, I, I know this is a conversation my wife and I have had, which was just kind of like, these are aspects that we're, that, you know, we kind of actively left out of our, how we are married and, and thus raise kids. Was there anything like that, that kind of from, from the background that you were like, I think we'll leave that part out. Um, like I said, my, my parents weren't very affectionate yeah. and they never showed it. They never like kissed each other or they were never, you know, huggy around each other. Or they were just always kind of, you know, it, it, there was a lot of fun times where my mom would like yell at them. Like, you know, it's really funny. She'd be like my dad. Okay. So my dad would, uh, my dad would. They'd be working all day. My mom would come home. She would she would cook the dinner. And my dad, he's from Modesto, so he'd kind of talk like that, you know. And, oh, what is this, Nita? And he would call her Nita. Her name was Anita. What is this, Nita? Tastes like shoe leather. Oh man, she would just flip out. She'd go, oh, and she was this, you know, heavy set, you know, woman from the East Coast, Greek German woman. I want a divorce. <laughs> I want a divorce. And that, we knew they're not going anywhere. They're not getting it. Yeah, she, it was almost like watching a TV show. Yeah, it was. It was and we'd all laugh. It'd be hilarious. Um, so I mean, as far as affection wise, yeah. I don't know where I got my affection to show and be compassionate yeah. and sharing and hugging and loving and telling I love my kid. Maybe, maybe that's something that um I didn't want to take from my yeah. Growing up, yeah, and I wanted that to be part of my kids' yeah experience growing. I up. love that an, an active and it's an active choice. You know wh- whether that was just like a seed that was already in you, the seed of loving, or you know maybe your wife helped spring that out, or it was just your life. You know it could just been built there, but you know it's it, it is cool to see you know adjustments and shifts and things and um and that's that's pretty cool. I like that. 
Yeah, it's challenging. I mean, you know, when you're with, with a husband and a wife, you know, you're it's you're you're working on your kid all the time, and you're trying to develop them and get them to another level, and you're constantly trying to grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, and we both have different personalities, you know. I we're fortunate that twenty something years later, we're in love, we love each other, and yeah. we want to be around each other. Yeah. And, you know, there's of course there's times. Yeah, sure. I'm just telling you, I got to get <laughs> away, course. right? Right, right. And so does she. We. I gotta get away. I gotta go. Two humans. There's only so much time two humans can be near each other. And we work together. So we're around each other. Oh, yeah, right. We're seven, three, sixty-five. So is she part of the show too? You guys are both. She is, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. The brains. Yeah. So clearly the brains of the show. Clearly the organizing yes. side of what I don't want to do. What is what is a tip that you could give our listeners of one thing that dads need to stop doing? When it comes to cooking, there's plenty of great things like try this, do this, use this utensil. What is one thing that you just want to like grab every dad by the shoulders and say, dads, stop doing this in the kitchen. Stop saying, oh, I tried something. I don't know how it is. And uh, here. Oh, you know, like you're hating it. You're, you're knocking it from the beginning. Oh. So that way you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're giving yourself the out yes. of if you don't like it, I told you. I told you it wasn't going to be. So you know what? Just taste your damn food yeah. before you serve it. Or you know don't even I mean? don't even leave that out, right? Because you could go to the nicest right. restaurant, and if someone says, and eh, the chef is like on vacation, and somebody back there cooked it, right. even if it's the same chef, you're going to taste it differently. You'll be right. a little more critical. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great. Don't exactly. you know in improv, right? They don't should all over yourself. That was like a term. Right. Don't 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 judge it. Just it is what it is, and this is it. And I worked hard. And and this is That's it. Right. I love that. That's a great tip. And and feel free to experiment and then fail. And you know, it's like you're not gonna get any better if you don't keep trying and keep doing stuff, you know. Just look for things that inspire you. What kind of food do you like? And find something. I know I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recipes on dadsatcook.com. So they could go there and start there. And a lot of them have videos great. with me and dads yep. cooking it. And I think that's, what's, that's what works for these dads that want to be in the kitchen. They're seeing other dads that are just like them, that are either a mechanic or a firefighter yeah. or they're a, a doctor or whatever their background is. They're seeing somebody that, oh, that guy's like me. Oh, he can do it. Shit, I can do it. Have you seen a shift of dads in the kitchen? Because it's so funny because when I grew up, my mom was the only cook. My dad... Like you had said, you know, my dad didn't even have like a dish. I think he microwaved bologna one time and it was like, you're done. You are done with the kitchen. I would rather miss a meal than eat that. Uh, and, and, but then when I grew up, I started working in kitchens um, and started cooking for my college roommates. But then as I've gotten older, a lot, I, I wouldn't say most, a surprisingly large amount of the dads in my life are the main cooks at home. And so yeah. I don't know if that's a shift or I'm just becoming more aware of it. I'm, I'm curious what your take is on that. Well, you know, I mean, again, you hear all the best chefs are, are men, right? Um, or all the, the big pro chefs are, are men for majority of them kind of are. Yeah, yeah. You're top chefs and you're all those. Yeah. But I think we grew up with this stigma uh, growing up as, oh, the, the woman in the house needs to be the, sh- the cook. And that's not the case. And you're right. There is a big shift 
with dads jumping in. It's not some girly little thing to do. It's actually um, being proud of yourself. It's like, you know what? I fixed that car over there and I'm now I can make that work and it's running and, and I put a new paint job on it and I fix the headers or whatever the heck you do. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and you're proud of that, right? You can it's fix just, headers. That's possible. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. or you can do it like I tried and the car blows up. <laughs> but other than that, you're doing the same kind of creativity in your house and you're getting more of an immediate result, which is what I like yeah. about it. You know, yeah. you're getting that immediate result. And I think that's why dads are stepping up and getting into the kitchen more often is because a there's some cool there's like cool tools now you can get you know you get these manly knives yes and stuff, yes you know and you can get all kinds of fun stuff to work with big smokers or if they, you know they usually start their way outside and work right, their right. way inside oh that's an interesting note okay most of the time i know my dad would that's about all he could do is put something on the grill that was about yeah. it and make some oatmeal <laughs> But I think there is. I think there is as far as as far as guys and dads, mm. uh, it's okay. It's okay. I think it's, yeah. now it's okay to be the guy in the kitchen and you can be cool doing it. I think also for dads that feel like there needs to be a reason behind everything that they do, mm-hmm. uh, which I understand, like fixing the car is like, but then I can drive the car. If I fix food, then I, I'm done with it. It's done. And I get that right. because there's some nights that I'm like, I just, I, 45 minutes and now we have to clean it all up. Like, what was the <laughs> point of that? I, we could have just like <laughs> microwaved some nuggets and it would have been a much better right. night. But I think there's also that you have to actively invite your kids to participate. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that kids all the time want to just hop in on something like that. So I think it's a great opportunity right. for dads to see that and say, hey, son, hey, daughter, um, you know, will you help me in the kitchen? And it could be something small, right? Like take the tortillas out of the refrigerator. It doesn't have to be like, you know, make the guac and I'll work on the the steak, you know? Um, Is is that something you've seen too? Is like dad's really finding that as a bonding opportunity? Yeah, again, it goes back to that instant result too and feeling a part of something that they can do quickly because a lot of kids don't have the attention span to sit there and watch you wrench some nuts on a car because right. I remember that sitting there holding a flashlight from my dad going, <laughs> right. this sucks. Yes. Why am I doing yes. this? So here in the kitchen, you can say, hey, Bobby or Loretta or whatever, you know, come on over here and peel this potato for me. You know, some simple stuff. Hey, do me a favor and get some water boiling. Hey, go get some pasta out of the out of the cabinet you know what i need you to cut up some of these tomatoes or you know just little things because then they can see how the whole dish comes together at the end and they get to eat it and go i did this yes and i feel like once there's a little skin in the game as it were they're Mm -hmm. much more receptive to enjoying the meal or at least trying it because you helped prepare it this isn't like a thing that happened while you were out playing soccer with your friends you have some sweat equity in this, even if it's just chopping tomatoes or I guess cutting tomatoes and, and chopping onions. And, and I've, I have found in my own life, my eight-year-old, even if it's something, just one element of it, it also doesn't have to be the whole meal, right? Like the approachability of this as a dad, you can set the tone for whatever you want. Like just come in, will you pull all the ingredients out? You know, that, that's a jalapeno pepper, that's a bell pepper. Look at that, you've learned, okay, we're good. You know, or it can be make the full meal. Yeah, absolutely. 
Definitely. And it, it also brings a little bit more empathy to whoever's making the food later on down the road of, okay, I remember being in the kitchen, working with them. Now I have a little bit more respect for me sitting down and having this meal because yeah. I know what it takes to make a meal now. You know, how and much time or table. energy, yep. depending on what the meal is, right? right. So, um, some can be really quick, you know, an improv dinner where you're pulling stuff out of the fridge and the cabinet. Plenty of those, like, oh, done plenty of those. Those yeah. are great. I love those, you know, yeah. they're fun. You just, and that's a great thing to teach a kid is an improv dinner. You know, what do I have? Let's look in the fridge. Oh, we got this. We got that. Oh, let's look here. Oh, we got a can of this and a little bit of that. You know what? This would be really cool if we put them all together. And boom. You yeah. Get yourself a bowl of slop, but it tastes great. Whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Depending on the age that they are too, you know, they're learning, they're learning measurements and stuff too, you know? So what's a teaspoon? What's a tablespoon? What's an ounce? What's a cup? That's fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What are you cooking tonight? Um, you know what? Actually, I have a little tri-tip here that Sweet. I was going to get ready to do a little injecting mm. and some rubbing. And we're going to throw it on the smoker. And yes. we're thinking about maybe making a smoked tri-tip um, mac and cheese. Ooh. So we're just going to try some experimenting with some a few things and... See if I can make something gloppy that everybody likes to eat. <laughs> oh, gloppy. Yeah. That's one of those sexy words that restaurateurs love to use. <laughs> well, Jason, thanks so much for your time. Before I let you go, um, I do want to have you offer all the dads listening some dad advice, something to encourage them in their uh, attempting of fatherhood. So what you got for us? Attempting in fatherhood, I'm going to go back to love. Okay. I think the, the best thing you can do, no matter what, is to love your kid hug them all the time, even if they're embarrassed by it, kiss them, love them, squeeze them, tell them you love them. Just do that all the time, every day, several times a day, not just once, not like, hey, once a week. I'm talking about every day when they get up, when they go to bed, like all the time. Every time you see them, they walk in the door, hey, and they're getting ready to leave. Bye. I love you. On the phone. I don't care. That is the best That's advice great. you could possibly have, I think, at least for me. I mean, our kid tells us that he loves us all the time. So it's great to hear it. I'm sure you want to hear it too. So you won't hear it if you don't say it. Oh, that's good too. That's such a simple, powerful nugget. You won't see it unless you do it. You won't hear it unless you say it. That combination there is, is so powerful in parenting. That's great. I love that too. Exactly. Uh, and thanks for inspiring dads to get in the kitchen. I, yeah. Uh, I totally drink uh, your Kool-Aid. And where can people find you? You can find us on our website, obviously, dadsthatcook.com. If you're on Facebook, Dads That Cook. YouTube, Dads That Cook. Instagram, Dads That Cook. Well, dude, thank you so much for your time. Jason, yeah, thank man. you for attempting fatherhood. I'm attempting it. I know I've got a few more years left. I think forever. I think forever is. Uh, it sounds like you're in it for the for the long haul. So exactly. I love that. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and, and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at attempting 
fatherhood. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.